are listening to the Batflip Podcast, a baseball podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Damian and Matt. Welcome back, everyone, to the Batflip Podcast. My name is Damian here with my co-host, Matt, coming to you on April 20th of 2021. So 420 for all you, uh, you fans out there of Bob Marley. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... You know, welcome back in, guys. We have a you know a, a really good week of baseball. There was a, a big, interesting series between the Dodgers and Padres for the uh, the battle of the NL West. Um, we had another no hitter this week, which was kind of weird because it was ruined by the same way another one was ruined just last week. Um, a bunch of IL stints, a lot of the COVID issues going around again this week. But you know, overall, it was a really good week. But before we jump into all of that, let's bring Matt in and uh, see how how he's doing. Hi, uh, hi everybody. Uh, just uh, hanging out. Um, just, I mean, I'm doing fine. I don't, I don't know what else to say. It's been a fun week of baseball uh, for sure, and uh, we've been playing a lot of uh, MLB The Show. Just came out for PlayStation and Xbox, so that's been fun too. But uh, yeah, pretty good week. So create creating those stadiums. I, uh, you know, I created my stadium on there, and uh, I decided to put the the corners at 300 feet in the outfield, center field at like 400 feet. Um, and then proceed to put the altitude at Coors Field level and wonder why I was giving up home runs to Adam Hazley. Yeah. All of a sudden. Uh, wonder why. <laughs> I quickly remembered why that was. Yeah. Uh, for for you guys that don't know who Adam Hazley is, that's that's why, because he's not yeah. good. Yeah, Philly center fielder there. But I mean, is he really the center fielder? Yeah, he's a center fielder for the Phillies. I mean, he's not the he, – he's yeah. split he's like, time with – he's split time with Roman Quinn, but yeah. Ew. Both of yeah, those. yeah, yeah, that's not a good situation in Philly for in center field. So, not at all. Well, let's dive into uh, you know talk, the standings and the wrap up for this week. We had uh, Boston is still leading that division. They went seven and three this week on a you know keeping up their hot run after that slow start. Yeah, uh, Boston's been pretty good. I mean, uh, a lot of you know a lot of different contributors for them. Uh, Alex Verdugo actually had a really good week this week. Um, hit a couple home runs. Uh, 393 average on the week um you know lots of lots of walks not a lot of strikeouts uh had a, had a great week so uh he's been doing well and uh you know they're they've been hanging in there on the mound that's going to be the big question for them going forward this season if they're able to hang in on the mound then they uh you know they'll have a shot and you know it's staying somewhat somewhat competitive but um you know they, they do have a pretty good lineup you got Verdugo and Xander Bogarts and uh you know uh JD Martinez who's had a, a good start to the year um you know among others Devers tons of tons of good players on that lineup you just gotta stay stay with them on the mound and that's uh that's gonna be the important thing for them so uh, but so far so good for the Red Sox right now yeah and right behind him is Tampa Bay they've been six and four this week um, not very much eventful going on with them. Um, you know, Glass now had those hand cramps during the Yankees game, but outside of that, I mean, nothing really eventful. They've just had a, a solid week. Yeah, um, the, the Rays have been doing well uh, for real. Um, yeah, Tyler Glass now had a, uh, you know, he had a he had a not as great of a start as he'd been having this week. He walked some guys, but he was still effective enough. And um, you know, the Rays are a team that they've just been solid i mean they haven't been just outstandingly dominant but they've been solid they've stuck right in there um you know joey wendell had a big week this week of course the, the, the they were playing the struggling yankees a few times and they really really went to town against the yankees this week and uh that's something else uh we need to talk about so 
Yeah, before we jump to the Yankees, though, you know, mentioned Baltimore's really struggling at three and seven this week. Um, you know, maybe starting to hit that plateau which we were talking about after their their decent start. Toronto, they're four and six this week. You know, still getting more injuries. They lost two pitchers this week. Their closer, Julian Julian Merriweather, um, he's on the IL with the left oblique strains. Oblique strain. It sounds like it's going to be a pretty lengthy injury. Those oblique strains usually are. Um, and then Ross Stripling, who's been one of their starters, who is actually supposed to be in their bullpen because of all these injuries, he's had to start, but he has a right forearm flexor strain. So that's yeah, that, that's a pretty serious injury when you're talking about forearms with pitchers. Yeah, for sure. And uh, both of those don't sound great. I mean, especially you know that forearm. You, you never, anytime you you hear forearm, you know, a lot of times it's it is a, like a flexor strain or something not super important. But you always you always think about. Um, you always think about that Tommy John, but hopefully that's not the case with uh with Ross Stripling and of course oblique strains are bad for for uh for pitchers too. And honestly, honestly, if it's not if there is no issue at the UCL on on uh, Stripling, then that oblique strain might be the worst injury of the two. But neither neither one are good, especially for a team that you know really needs help in their bullpen. And you know because losing Kirby Yates hurt them bad, and now they're losing another of their top relievers. So. Yeah, and it's stripling, it's something even to watch out for because he throws like 60% curveballs. Yeah. He throws curveballs so much that puts a lot of, you know, strain on that forearm, you know, to say. But, um, you know, team we really want to talk about in this division, though, that's the Yankees. They are bottom of the division. They are 5 and 10, 2 and 8 over their last 10 this week. Um, Really really struggling overall. Um, They also had Jay Bruce just up and suddenly retire on Sunday. Um, just out of the blue, no warning, no anything. He just said, I'm done. Um, we still don't even really know the personal reason or anything. I guess it was something with his family. But uh, overall, the Yankees have just been really struggling in, in both areas. I mean, their pitching hasn't been yeah. that great, and they've really been striking out way too much. Yeah, they've been. The Jay Bruce thing, I, I, it sounds to me like, and based on what I've heard from just people talking on, online and on uh, people talking on uh, bro- the broadcast. The Braves are playing the Yankees today, so I've been watching them. But, um, you know, they, they basically sounded like Jay Bruce basically said, hey, you know, I'm at a point now where I just cannot be competitive anymore in the big leagues. So, you know, at this point, like, there's no reason for me to be here, basically is what he said. And, you know, I don't know if that's the case or not, but, uh, you know, he was still he was starting games for the Yankees a lot. So, uh, kind of, I was kind of surprised that since he's getting fairly regular playing time that he did decide to make that decision. But uh, good for Jay Bruce and good for his family. He had a great career. Um, did a lot of good things for the uh, for the Twins. I mean, for the so excuse me. Did a lot of good things for the Reds. <laughs> and uh, you know, he's a good. Uh, yeah, he's he's a good player. Really solid. He's, he's got to be one of those really good, not Hall of Fame level players, but hey, you know, good career, long time in the big leagues, and uh, fun guy to watch, so wish him well. Yeah, absolutely. When he was with the Reds, that was one of the most feared lineups with, you know, Joey Votto and Jay Bruce, and oh, who's the other one? Brandon Phillips. Yeah. That was the other one I was thinking of, Brandon Phillips. But, you know, sad to see Jay Bruce go. He was he was uh, one of the more feared power hitters of, you know, kind of our, our generation of watching baseball so far. Oh, yeah. But, uh, Let's go ahead and jump over to the uh, to the AL Central. Had quite a bit of stuff happen this week. You know, Kansas City has actually gone six and four this week, and they've actually taken over the lead at this division at nine and six. Um, Cleveland's right behind them at eight and seven. You know, another six and four week from them as well. 
Uh, White Sox, they're at eight and nine. They did go five and five this week, but they actually had a no hitter. Yeah, uh, Carlos Rodon threw a no hitter on. If you remember what day it was, was it Friday, Saturday? Um, he actually pitched today, so I'm guessing it was before that. It was... it was probably like Wednesday or Thursday, but screwed um, on through today. But um, he, it was almost the perfect game. He had a, he had a perfect game in the ninth inning, and with one out, he hit uh, Perez, the catcher. Roberto Perez from uh, from Cleveland was the team he was facing. And he hit him on the back foot with a slider, and uh, and it's disappointing because he, he got the last two guys and. You know, got the no hitter, but man, it was so close to a perfect game. It, it was it really reminded me of when Max Scherzer uh, had that perfect game going and hit um, in the ninth inning with two outs and hit Jose Tabata several years ago. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate. I don't know whose decision it was to throw a slider in that situation, a back foot slider for that matter, just because you can throw a nasty pitch and it can still hit the guy. So uh, you got a perfect game, man. You got to go with the fastball. I, you know, just got to make sure you don't hit him, you know, and, um, you know, unfortunate, but we'll see, uh, you know, it's good for Rodon and, you know, Tommy John surgeries and just all kinds of injuries for him. And he has looked, it wasn't just that game. He has looked really good this year. So good yeah, for we, him. Men- we mentioned him last week um, and it was actually last Wednesday when yes, he did, yeah. when he did throw that perfect or that I almost said perfect, almost, game. almost perfect that, game. Yeah. Um, and, and it was really, you know, I was watching the end of that game. I think I watched the from the seventh inning on. Uh, but in that at bat with Perez, he threw two fastballs high and just like completely demolished Perez. Like Perez was so far behind him. He threw a third one and Perez almost got it. Like he was so close to I mean, he just barely was under it and fouled it back. So I think that played into Rodon just like, all right, well, then I'll throw you the slider. And he just overthrew yeah. it. As a as a guy with the perfect game's gonna do, he overthrew it a little bit. Yeah. Um, and cause that, but yeah. Hey, just, you know, that just goes to show you how hard it is to throw a perfect game. I mean, there's only Absolutely. been 20 something of them of, you know, all time. And we haven't had one in almost 10 years now. So uh, it just goes to show you that that's such a, a remarkable feat, especially with all yeah. the walks in this day and age. So wasn't the last perfect game, Philip Umber from no, the it White was, Sox. It was Felix Hernandez in 2012. Philip Humber was also in 2012, but yeah, it was like a week before Field, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, it was really close together, but okay. there were actually three no perfect games in 2012 because that's when Matt Cain threw his as well. That's right. But uh, also with the White Sox, we wanted to mention Lance Lynn, one of their other starting pitchers. He went to the I.O. with a strained trap. Um, it does sound like for manager Tony LaRusso that he should only miss one start, though, so it's not going to be too bad of a, a hit to that rotation for them. Yeah, um, you know, Lance Lynn, that big offseason pickup for them. He's been pretty good this year so far as far as I as far as I know. Um, you know, he he's a guy who, you know, throws a lot of throws a lot of fastballs and stuff and um, you know, I'm sure he'll be all right. In fact, he's been extremely good. I just looked up his statistics yeah. and I mean, he has been killing it for them. 131 FIP, 168 ERA or oh, oh never mind, an 092 ERA, uh, 12 strikeouts per nine, not walking guys. Um, a very, very, very impressive so far this year for, for him. So, um, you know, it sucks to see him go on the, on the injured list, but, uh, if he misses one start, you know, that's not the end of the world. So. Absolutely. Uh, Minnesota, uh, six and nine as well. They went three and seven this week, but they were dealing with a lot of COVID issues. So that three and sevens actually carried over. Um, a little bit from last week. Uh, sounds like their two main guys that have been affected is Drelton Simmons and Max Kepler. 
Um, there's some other kind of role players that have been affected as well, but no, no real big names. Those are the the two main ones that they're going to be missing for for a little bit. Yeah, and I know that Angelton Simmons actually has COVID. I'm not sure if Max Kepler tested positive or if it was a uh, or if it was a close contact situation or something. But uh, unfortunate that that those guys are you know are out right now. Um, I know that you know, Max Kepler is, or uh, sorry, Simmons is a, a key part, but they, they do have guys who can play short. Um, you know, that Jorge Polanco, uh, Luis Arias, they can handle it on the infield. Um, you know, in the, in the outfield Kepler, you know, listen, him in right field, it's a pretty big deal. He's a really good player, but, um, you know, I think the twins biggest thing is they need to get there. They need, they just need to get going in, in general. I mean, they're, you know, they have been struggling. So, uh, but anyways, um, you know, tough week for them, but they'll get it going. I, they got two really good pitchers at the top of their rotation. Um, they're, you know, they're they're good. They're going to be good. So, yeah, they will. Um, Detroit bottom of the division still kind of on that struggle we were talking about last week. Basically expected they went three and seven as well. So, so well, yeah. let's let's jump over to the AL West now, um, which we have a surprise at the top of this division. That's the Seattle Mariners. Um, they're eleven and seven. This is probably I don't know if this updated or did update from today because they had a day game, uh, but they went seven and three so far. A, a big key to their success so far has actually been their bullpen. Um, after the first week or so of the season, they had over a five ERA, and ever since then they have a point zero seven three ERA in their bullpen. Yeah, their bullpen arms and and relief ERA and stuff. It's one of the most consistently fluctuating things out there and uh you know teams are going to go on stretches where they they do really well in the bullpen teams are going to go on stretches where they don't um you know I, I i think the mariners i think we talked about them as being a little bit of an up-and-coming team coming into the season that they weren't that we didn't believe they were going to be quite there yet but they were definitely up and coming um a guy that i've been watching for, from them has been uh has been uh, Mitch Haneker. He, he has been injured a lot the last couple of years, but before that he had showed signs of being a breakout star. And uh, he's really looked like a star for them this year. So far been incredibly good. Um, we're uh, looking at over the last week, you know, hit 375, 394, 688 slugging, um, a 210 WRC plus a very, very good week for him. And then uh, some of their other young guys coming through Ty Francis looked good. Um, you know, all kinds of stuff. So this is a team that, that's looked pretty good. Um, I am still a little bit worried about them on the mound, especially the starting rotation. Obviously, they lost Paxton. Um, you know, they've got a couple young guys like Justice Sheffield that's looked decent. Um, he had a pretty good start against the Dodgers yesterday. Um, but this is a team that, you know, they, they've got some talent. They're not going to stay at the top of this division. I think the Angels and the Astros are a pretty good bit better, just the talent-wise, but... Uh, but they're, you know, they're a pretty decent team. So we'll see what they can do this year. Yeah, they are. And just from watching them the past couple of days, they haven't had Kyle Lewis either. Um, mm-hmm. He he returned today. Um, so that's going to be another guy that was, I think he was rookie of the year last year. So another talented guy that they're going to add to that lineup and that team that's that's performing pretty well right now. But a team that's had a, a really good week is is the Oakland A's. They went nine and one in the past week to to kind of flip that know that uh that record on the head so now they're 10 and 7 overall only a half game out of the uh of the lead of this division yeah and, and oakland has still has the that offensive talent that, and really their biggest things are defensive talent um you know they've just got so many guys who you know if you hit the ball in the air or put it in play in general um they're they're tough to 
they're they're really it's really tough to, to have hits fall in with them because they're you know they go get it Loriano's got that great arm in center field. I think I read somewhere this week he was leading the the majors in stolen bases so far, which is kind of surprising. Um, you know, got Matt Olson's really killed it this week. Um, you know, they've he's only played in four games, but has hit over has an over three hundred WRC plus in those four games. So um, they're a, they're a team that that's playing real well right now. We'll see if they are able to keep it up. I'm still worried a lot about that rotation, but we'll see. So as do I. Um, the Angels there went five and five, but they also ha- were a part of that Twins getting canceled. They were supposed to play this weekend, and I don't think they played any of those games, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, that stinks. And you know, that's that's one thing we'll, we'll mention again in a little bit with the Mets about these games getting canceled. But um, but yeah, the Angels they they haven't played great over the last you know several games but um you know they've been all right they they're playing the rangers this week and uh or the last over the last couple of days they really struggled a little bit yesterday i think they got beat um but yesterday one of the most surprising things in baseball happened albert pujols stole third base in that game yeah. yesterday <laughs> so yeah. um you know i don't know how you can let that happen i mean you just don't pay attention to him anymore uh, yeah i mean that's the only way and you know you got to pay attention to everybody i mean you can't just like not look. So, um, you know, regardless if it's Albert Pujols. So, yeah. Uh, Houston's at the bottom of this division. Now they're three and seven over the past 10, um, seven and eight overall. They've been dealing with some COVID issues as well. Jordan Alvarez, Alex Bregman, Martin Maldonado, Robel Garcia, and Jose Altuve missed a good chunk of this week, um, with COVID related tracing. Um, most of those guys are back except Jose Altuve. He remains on the IL. They haven't confirmed if he actually had COVID or he was a close contact, but he's still on the IL for now. So that, that could be a reason why they really struggled this week. That's a, those are some really good hitters that they're missing out of their lineup. Yeah, that that's definitely true. And there's no way that you can win with the, with all those guys out. I mean, that's probably your best, you know, two of your best, your, actually probably your two top hitters on your team. And then a couple other guys who, you know, are really valuable to that, to that team. And, um, you know, you can't, you're not going to win many games with all those guys out. So the Oakland, I mean, um, excuse me, Houston will be, they'll be fine. Um, you know, you hope that those guys come back and are, you know, able to get back kind of into the swing of things pretty quick, but, um, you know, you can't, you can't drop too many games right now, but they're both those teams will be, I think they'll be fine at the end of the day. So. Yeah, just to show how much they're missing them. This week alone, they were 28th in production, and they hit 207 with an on-base of 279 and a slugging of 256 this week as a team. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, one of those things where it's just, you know, yeah. you, you miss all those guys, and you're calling up guys from the minors who are, you know, st- you know the minor leagues still aren't playing right this minute. They, they start, I think, in a, two weeks. Um, so... You know that, they're, but they're still not playing right now. So you know you're bringing in guys who haven't been getting at bats at like a in, in games. You know there's difference. You could you could say all you want to about you know getting at bats at the minor league camp or whatever, but you know going to games facing different guys a lot, getting your timing down against different speeds, and I mean you know that that's that's really important. And then just having game pressure in your at bats too. And when you you know they're basically coming up the big leagues. They're not ice cold. Spring training was recent. And you've got, you know, getting you're, you're facing pitching regularly and stuff, but you know, the, the minors are, I mean, you got to, some of these guys, you, you, they need to be getting regular at bats in the minors before called up. So, 
and Houston doesn't have a strong farm system as it is. They, they so. don't. They don't. And especially when your top prospects out for the year. But yeah. Well, let's jump over to the NL East now. Um, we have the New York Mets leading this division. They're seven and four overall, and they went seven and three over their last ten. Um, they were part of that teams that kind of got their first series canceled because of COVID issues. But Jacob Degrom is still Jacob Degrom for anybody that's wondering. Uh, that guy has been absolutely insane, and my fantasy team loves that one so far. Yeah, Jacob Degrom is right now. I mean, by not even really that close, the best pitcher in baseball right now. Um, you know, he he's his velocity's up again. I mean, he's got a like what what an O forty two ERA or something. <laughs> he's, oh, he has an O forty five ERA. Yeah, with an O point a point seven zero WHIP so far. Yeah, I mean he you know he's have he's got his strikeouts are up and his walks are down. That's all you need to know about Jacob Degrom right now. His strikeouts are up and his walks he, are down. He struck out fourteen people in Colorado this week. Yeah, and uh, you know I think he gave up one run. Well, I think it was three runs he actually gave up, but one was earned. So no, he no, no earned, in earned. He gave, so what happened was they had an error with two outs, and then they hit a home run off of him that gave him three total runs, but none of them were earned. Yeah. So he did give up a home run and give up some runs there, but they weren't earned runs. And uh, man, he, he just continues to be just by far the best pitcher in baseball. And I mean, it, you know, I picked him as my MVP. I picked him as my Cy Young and I'm pretty confident with that right now. So yeah, he's, he's looking, he's looking insane. Yeah. Um, we got the Phillies. They're eight and eight, three and seven this week. You know, not much really going on with the yeah. Phillies. Before we leave the Mets, I just wanted to oh, mention okay. the, they're one of those teams that has played. I think as a, there was a point where they had played like seven out of 15 games that they were supposed to have played had been postponed or suspended. And I think that's really unfortunate and it's not really fair at all to them because, you know, they're not the ones that are causing these games to get postponed. It's other teams that have had issues with COVID and stuff. And I mean, when you start missing that many games, it, it gets really hard to get in a rhythm, or especially early in the season. I mean, it's like, you know, a lot of teams hate just the first week where you have opening day, then an off day, then two games, then an off day, that type of thing. I mean, the Mets were having that like constantly for the first two weeks and also having double headers as well. So they had to go, they had the opening series canceled. Then they had, uh, then they had a couple games, they had double headers, and then they went to Colorado and got snowed out. And uh, then they had to play double headers there too. So uh, I do want to, I do want to talk, did want to mention that real quick. They've had a lot of games suspended, postponed, that kind of thing that, you know, that's unfortunate. And, and I think the team talked about how hard it was to deal with that. So, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully those situations clear up going forward. And obviously you're going to have rain outs at some point this year for everybody, but um, hopefully going forward, that'll, that'll change. So. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That was a good point. Yep. Um, I hadn't I hadn't heard their remarks on it yet. So, but uh, let's jump over to the Phillies. They're uh, you know the eight and eight. They're a game and a half back, three and seven this week. So they've really struggled. Um, Bryce Harper's looked really good. I think he launched like a four hundred and fifty foot home run into the third deck this week. But outside of that, not many, uh, not much bright spots for Phillies this week. Yeah, I think the Phillies are just going to be a streaky team all year. Um, they're going to have games where their top two in their rotation are really good, Nola and Wheeler. But behind that, Eflin's had times where he's looked pretty good, but that their, their bottom two in their rotation are just not that good. Chase Anderson, not not a very good pitcher right now. Um, you know, it's one of those situations where you've got to, 
you know, their, their lineup's going to have to carry them, and then their bullpen is going to be inconsistent. I do think their bullpen, after watching the Phillies some, is better than it was last year when it was, like, worse than majors. But I still don't think their bullpen is going to be good enough to, to carry them going forward. They're going to have to have a lot of help, and they really aren't deep in their bullpen. They've only got two or three guys that are – any that are that are ever really good and then you know a couple of those guys are still pretty inconsistent like um hector neris looked pretty good so far but uh jose alvarado and uh sam coonrod have, have actually looked really good they got nasty stuff but both of them can be a little bit spotty with their control so um you know the phillies are i think about right where they are going to be the rest of the year you know 500 maybe a little above 500 from from you know they've looked good at times but um uh, you know they'll, they'll be all right so well, and hitting on that Phillies bullpen, um, Matt Moore has went on the IL. He's a starter, and actually Jose Alvarado has went on the IL as well. Yeah, that's a bad sign for the um, Phillies. Jose Alvarado going on because because they really needed that that lefty in that oh, bullpen. Sounds like we've met, lost Matt somewhere. Um, you you back? Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, we we lost. Okay, you. there we go. <laughs> Sorry. No, I was just saying that that Alvarado is. Um, you know, he, he, he's a guy that they really count on because he's really good and they cannot be missing him. I mean, that that's that's going to hurt them a lot in that bullpen because they don't really have many good lefties out there. And, uh, you know, they they need him bad. So absolutely. Uh, well, Miami's right behind them. They went six and four this week. They're sitting at seven and eight, um, but they just lost a really big key piece to their lineup. And that's Starling Marte. He was placed on the aisle with a left non displaced rib fracture. Um, so rib fractures, it's probably going to take quite a bit, uh, quite yeah. a bit of time to, to heal up. Um, you know, you got to play careful too with him playing an outfield and maybe having to do diving catches and all that. It can, or running into walls, even it, it could be a, a really scary situation for him. Yeah. I, that's, that's things for them. Starling Marte was playing really well. In fact, he was one of the top players, uh, in the majors this past week. Um, you know, doing, doing a great job, but, um, yeah, Miami is, they, they're better than they have been. Um. I'll tell you, they've got a few of those young players are starting to look really good. Jazz Chisholm has looked exceptionally good so far. And if he can keep those strikeouts down, he's going to be a star in the big leagues. He, he's, he's got speed. He's got power. He's just a, uh, you know, he's, he's good defender. He's a guy that to watch out for to be a, a future star. But I mean, they've, they've got some players who have, who have played well in that lineup, uh, turn it around a little bit. Uh, Adam Duvall had a good week, had, a good week last week hitting some home runs and he's a guy who can be streaky can get hot at times uh they're obviously going to be carried by their offense i mean by their by their starting pitching um they're going to go as far as sandy alcantara and uh, pablo lopez and when when he's healthy sixto could take them but uh they do have another guy that that really impressed me i watched the marlin one of the marlins games last week and trevor rogers stuff is really good he, he's still got to work on his command he's a really big guy a uh, former first round pick but he's looked good uh you know, with his stuff, he's got a good fastball, you know, upper nineties, uh, good slider. And he, he looks like a, a piece that could be part of that rotation in the future as well. They, they got some good pieces out there. So, um, good week for them. Yeah. Good week for them. Um, you know, your team went five and five this week, the Atlanta Braves, they kind of struggled with injuries so far, which we'll kind of hit on right here. And can I let you kind of go over? I know you watch them more, but Ozzy Albies got hit with the pitch. Um, Christian Pache, uh, got put on the IL with a left groin strain. Max Fried had a right hamstring strain. Ender Inciarte has a strained left hamstring. And then Acuna even left a game and has missed some time with a, a mild abdominal strain. Yeah, it's been a really, really, really 
tough week for the Braves. Not necessarily in the win-loss, although 5-5 five and five is not really what they wanted uh, in the, over the past 10. But, um, you know, losing guys. You know, you either lost Acuna and, and on Sunday night. And he um, – it sounds like he's going to avoid the, the IL, which was – we were worried that he might be have to be put on the IL for a while, um, you know, after the injury. Anytime you hear abdominal strain, that's usually not a good sign. But it sounds like it's pretty mild and – they said he's feeling a lot better today. And uh, then you had Ozzy Albies got hit. He got, he actually, he got hit by a pitch in the knee and he fouled one off his back foot in the same game. So they, he ended up having to take a couple days off, uh, but he, he was back in the lineup today. Um, but the biggest thing for the Braves is pitching injuries right now. Uh, they've got a lot of guys out. They've got uh, Sean Newcomb is another guy who went on the IL. He has actually looked really good in the bullpen so far. And then two starters, in addition to the guys who are already on the IL, uh, put on the IL in, in Max Freed, who hadn't actually looked that great to start the season. But, you know, you count on Max Freed as your ace. And then Drew Smiley, who, you know, it sounds like he's just missing one start. But still, I mean, missing him, losing him for, you know, some time is, is not good because, you know, when you're when your rotation starting to look a little bit thin and then, um, you know, obviously Soroka still not back. He's been on the IL and. Now it's not really the Achilles that has bothered him. He had a, a little bit of a setback with his shoulder a few weeks ago that they had to shut him down from throwing. Um, and then you miss, uh, you know, not to mention the fact you're still missing Chris Martin, who has some shoulder problems he hadn't thrown yet from that. And then, uh, you know, in center field, you had Pache, who was struggling, uh, went, you know, at the plate, but he went down. And Ciarte stepped in and was actually playing pretty well for probably his best stretch of baseball and two years or so and then he pulled a hamstring running from second to third uh so um you know now they're starting the outfield has gone from acuna pache and uh ozuna to ozuna still out there but in center field you got guillermo heredia and in right field uh you're gonna have uh Ere adrianza right now so a uh, pretty big step down especially when you consider how good acuna is, play- is playing this year so Somebody go find Nick Markakis and give him a contract. Yeah, I think Nick Markakis is done. I think he's retired, but uh, who knows? He could be talked back into it, maybe. Right. But. <laughs> well, at the bottom of this division, we had Washington four and six. Um, you know, five and nine overall. They were started off with that COVID postponements. Overall, not not as great. You know, they lost. Steven Strasburg was placed on the IL with right shoulder inflammation, so that's something to watch. With he's always had right shoulder to elbow yeah. issues. Um, I think I even saw today that Juan Soto was scratched from the lineup or something's dealing with little, I don't know exactly what it was, um, but that, but one good thing they did have happen this week was Max Scherzer passed Cy Young on the all time strikeout list. Yeah. And the thing you talk, think about when you think of Max Scherzer is competitor and at what is he 36, 37 years old, he's yeah, just as big of a competitor as he ever has been. And, uh, you know, that's good for him, you know, as a fan of a rival team, um, you know, it's, you know, it's tough to see him playing for a rival team, but he probably is my favorite player on the, on the nationals. He's, he's a fun player to watch. He's always fired up on the mound, pumped up. He's, he's got such great stuff and he's still doing good. He's, he's not quite as good as he was two or three years ago, but he's still striking a lot of guys out, um, you know, and, and pitching great right now. I mean, he, he, he's a good pitcher still. And uh, good for him. The rest of the Nationals, it's been rough. I mean, their rotation is, uh, it's falling apart. You know, Strasburg, once again, every year we talk about how the rotation's going to have 
two great starters if Strasburg stays healthy. And there's only been one time out of the last five years that he's actually stayed healthy and they won the World Series that year. So, uh, But once again, on the IL, and then uh, Patrick Corbin has not looked good at all this year so far. So uh, I'm not sure uh, what's going on there. He's had stretches in his career where he's he's gone through some a rough patch and then come back from it, but uh, he has not looked good this year. And then uh, the rest of the rotation, I mean, they just don't have anybody. Lester, he had COVID. He's come back. He, you know, uh, you got uh, they've thrown. I think Joe Ross threw yesterday. Got lit up for ten runs. Um, Eric Fidesz pitched, started some games, and hasn't looked good. I mean, this is a rotation that there's really nothing there behind behind Scherzer right now it's with with Corbin struggling Strasburg on the IL you expected them to be really good but you know they really haven't been so um and and then the lineup is you know it's just Soto and Turner and then everything else is you know they're gonna have they're having to get contributions from you know like Josh Harrison and Starling Castro and I mean not to not to talk bad about any of these guys because they're perfectly fine veteran players but they really need some more power in that lineup some more star power and they just don't have it outside of soto and um and trey turner so yeah they really don't and, and like you said I, we both expected them to struggle a little bit this year anyways and, and this is just kind of even to a level we didn't really expect but but we knew it wasn't going to be that great but, yeah um, let's go ahead and jump over to the nl central we got the Cincinnati Reds still leading this division uh, by half a game, albeit they were nine and six overall. They went five and five this week. Um, kind of their biggest news with the Reds is that the suspension of Nick Castellanos for the two games got upheld by MLB, which Rob Manfred, you suck. Um, and then Mike Moustakis was placed on the IL with a non-COVID related illness. So we don't quite know how long he's going to be out from that point. Yeah. Um, the Reds, uh, you know, they've been good and uh, I think they just got Sonny Gray back, didn't they? So yeah, yeah, that's, got... yeah, that's, that's a big help, you know, help their rotation out some Wade Miley has been good for them. Um, and then of course, Jose Castillo is, uh, you know, Castillo, or excuse me, Luis Castillo is, is Luis Castillo. He's good. So, um, their bullpen has been pretty good. Um, their starting lineup has been really, really good. Uh, I mean, they're just, you know, they're, they're chugging right along. Joey Votto's looked really good the last week or so he he's hit, he's hitting, He's hitting well, and um, he actually had that triple play. I don't know if you saw that. That was pretty cool. Um, you know, the guy left from third thinking that it was going to be a – I guess he thought the ball was going to bounce or something, or he was going on contact, and he just decided I'm not going back to third. <laughs> and then Votto caught it, stepped on first for two, and then threw it to, threw it to third for the third out, and that was pretty cool. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, this is a team that's chugging right along, doing well. That division wide open, and – you know, with their rotation and the amount of p- potential power they have in their lineup, could be a team that uh, sticks around for a lot of the year. So, very encouraged by their start. Yeah, they can be. You know, Milwaukee's right behind them at nine and seven. They've went six and four this week, um, but they've lost Christian Yelich to the IL with the lower back strain, and Lorenzo Kane on the IL with the left quad uh, discomfort. Sounds like both of those are very minor injuries, um, but those are two big losses for that offense in Milwaukee, which really doesn't have much else outside of them. Um, you know, and then also counting on their pitchers of Woodruff and, and Burns right now kind of carry them even more now that Yelich and Kane are out. Yeah, I'm worried about this, that offense. I mean, if, if Yelich, and Yelich really wasn't playing all that great before the injury. He was playing a little bit better than he was last year, but he was still striking out a ton. And, uh, you know, you look at, um, 
you look at them and they got to get some of these guys going. Uh, Travis Shaw's been good to start the season, but I mean, you got to get uh, you, you got to get Keston Hero going. He's a guy that they, they counted on coming in as, as having a breakout year, getting the offense going. They thought that last year was kind of a blip on the radar with the with his uh, with the COVID season and everything. After a good rookie year, he hasn't really got going. Um, you know, I don't know who's going to step up for them without it being Yelich just going crazy and Garcia playing really well. I mean, Fisayo Garcia maybe being in there. Uh, could be could be the answer but I, I don't know i mean it, this is a team that you know they're gonna be carried by their pitching and you know they got two great starters um in woodruff and corbin burns has looked like a cy young level if, if it wasn't for jacob Degrom right now i think corbin corbin burns might be my top pitcher in the nl so far but um but i mean their bullpen obviously got some yeah talent, they're just but, a, they're just a team that doesn't breed confidence Really, yeah, that, that, that they don't breed confidence at all to have this good of a record right now. Yeah. I mean, not this good, but they're only two games above 500, but they just don't seem like a team that is confident enough in themselves to keep this up. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I think that's perfectly uh, a perfectly reasonable take on them. And, and they don't seem like, I mean, I just don't know where the, where the talent is. In, in the lineup is outside of Yelich and Kane. But, but of course, Yelich has struggled with back injuries last year. And he hasn't, like I say, he hasn't played all that, all that great so far this year. And Kane is, you know, he's aging. He's, he's on up there. He's like, what, 35, 36? I mean, he's... He's you know, right he's, up there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's starting to get up there to age. So you start to worry about injuries with him uh, when, is, every time he goes down. So This this was always a team that was carried by Yelich. Oh, Anyways, yeah. like they, even on their good years and that, when they were battling with like the Dodgers and stuff in the playoffs, it was literally carried by Yelich and Josh Hader. I mean that that's that's what they were carried by. So yeah. it, it's not too shocking to see them yeah. you know, but if, struggling this Yeah. Of, of course you do have to remember on those teams that Kane was healthy and he was really good still and they had contributions from guys too like like uh, Jesus Aguilar had like what the 30 home run year. I mean you had contributions from him. They had Yasmani Grandal. They did have some guys that that were step up. Travis Shaw was still playing really well. Now Travis Shaw looks like he's played pretty good so far this year, but um, you know they they did have some other guys who were who were doing really well on those on that on those couple of teams. But they've they've just got to they've got to figure something out um, offensively. I mean they, there's just I know they tried to sign a few guys in the off season, but I mean I, you know there's not much there. I mean there just really isn't. A, a, I don't see where it's going to come from without Yelich going going nuts. So. Well, speaking of not much there, we've had um, the St. Louis Cardinals. They're eight and eight, four and six this week. Yeah. Kind of what we we've talked about all year long, um, and even before the season. They they're not a team that really was impressing yeah. us much. Um, Pittsburgh's yeah. right there at seven and nine as well. They went six and four. Kind of just you know, Pittsburgh really doesn't have much. Where Key Brian Hayes is still out. Um, they're I mean they're. I mean, JB yeah. or JT Bukowskis or however you say, it, he's looked pretty decent, but outside of them, he, they, they don't really have anything else. I mean, Brian Reynolds, maybe, but uh, yeah, nothing to really talk about on yeah, much. Before we, before we skip right over the Cardinals, I do want to talk about a couple guys on their team. Dolan Arenado's looked good so far. Uh, there were a lot of people who, after his down year last year and his uh, departure from Coors, they were thinking that he might not be as good. Uh, well, he's been he's been pretty dang good. So uh, he's got a 125 WRC plus. Uh, he's hit four homers and and he's playing his patented elite defense at third. And then another guy that I wanted to mention is Dylan Carlson. He he's looked really good. The rookie, uh, I guess he's still a rookie. Um, 
technically. He played a lot last year in the shortened season, but um, he's looked really good out out in the outfield. Um, you know, he's he's hitting he's hitting well, and uh, he is striking out a little bit, but you know. I don't really worry too, too much about that. He's, he's been a solid player for them uh, to go along with the guys that they already had. So, um, you know, the the Cardinals lineup looks pretty good. Now, are they going to get anything on the mound? That's the real question. So. Yeah. And I mean, Nolan Arenado being Nolan Arenado, that's fun. Yeah. Um, And Carlson's been a rookie that, that people were hyping up for about a year. I mean, even before last year, um, there was still a lot of hype around him when he came up. So it's good to see him, see him doing pretty well. But uh, a team that we, you know, didn't expect to be this bad at least so far, and that's the Chicago Cubs. They're three and seven over the past week, six and nine at the bottom of this division, and it's just really outside of Chris Bryant and Wilson Contreras hasn't been anything good to talk about. Yeah, um, the Cubs are a team that I thought that this might be a year where they've still got their core from the World Series run, where they might try to. You know, where they might have that little bit of extra like urgency to come out and they and play really well and try to get back one more time before. I mean, you know that at least one or two of these guys, even if they try to sign all of them, one or two of these guys are going to depart at the end of the year. There's just not enough money to sign four players of the caliber that they have going to free agency. Uh, so, you know, they they've got they've they've got to figure something out there. But um, you know, you got guys like like that have struggled. You've had some bad luck. Like Anthony Rizzo has actually played really well. He's just hit into some really bad luck. He actually has had a really good week though. Finally, um, you know, hit, hit 500 this week. So that, that's helped them out a lot. Wilson Contreras, um, the, the scene of a little controversy um, this week, not on his part, but um, you know, in another part of that team, but um, he, uh, he's hit really well. He hit four homers this week. Um, you got uh, you got issues with that lineup and swing and miss though, and, and they've had a lot of different hitting coaches over the last few years, and they've had a lot of uh, a lot of they don't really have an approach that look like as a team. There's just not not many guys with much of an approach to the plate. Um, you know, you watch guys like Javi Baez, and he just he looks lost at the plate right now. I mean, he's still got talent. He's, I mean, he's hit a few home runs, and you know his you know, his overall stats, you look at it and you're like, eh, he's struggling a little bit, but he's going to be okay. But when you watch him, I mean, he is swinging at pitches miles out of the strike zone. And, uh, you know, that's just something where, you know, Jock Peterson has been one of the worst players in baseball. And, you know, they signed him hoping that he would be coming to replace Schwarber who hit a walk-off home run this week. So he's hit more home runs than Jock or as many. So, um, Really, really, it's been a struggle for a lot of that team. The pitching is not great. Um, Kyle Hendricks, for the first time in his career, gave up four home runs in a game on Sunday Night Baseball this week, and all four of them were in the first inning. Uh, That was pretty crazy. He had never given up more than three in a whole game, and he gave up four in an inning. Uh, The rest of the rotation just doesn't look all that good. Davies hasn't looked good. Uh, Trevor Williams has been back and forth. Arietta has been, you know, he's been a little, he might've been, might even be a little bit better than he was in Philly, but he's been, it's been a struggle for him. Uh, this is a team that just, uh, you know, their bullpen, Craig Kimbrell has actually looked pretty good, which has been surprising, but I'm, I'm all for it. I like Craig Kimbrell. He's a, he's a good guy. So, uh, but it's just the situation where, you know, this team just doesn't seem to have it right now. So. 
Yeah, and, and talking about that bullpen, you know, they've lost Ryan to pair for three games as well for that yep. Brewers series. He threw it threw it a starting pitcher Brandon Woodruff from the Brewers and, and yeah. that's cost him three games. So that was part of that whole yeah. scuffle. Yeah, and the, the the connection I had with Wilson Contreras there was that the Brewers hit Wilson Contreras twice. I don't think it was intentional, but I think Tapera and, and the Cubs got frustrated because they've had guys. I mean, they've been getting hit by pitches a lot so far this year, and I think they're frustrated not necessarily because they think it's intentional, but because they think the other teams are being careless and putting their guys in danger. So uh, Tapera threw behind Woodruff. He said it was behind him on purpose. He just wanted to send a message, but of course, you know, you don't want to hit anybody and get them hurt and Tapera had some comments which I thought were kind of interesting about how he thinks the game is soft which um you know there there's times where I could where I don't necessarily disagree with that but um but you know I don't think this is one of them I don't think throwing at guys is the answer to anything and then of course while he has a suspension uh, <laughs> his suspension is being um you know under appeal or whatever he hit two guys in his one outing <laughs> with that suspension being appealed so I don't know how much uh I don't know how much that's going to help him with Major League Baseball. Obviously, the suspension's been upheld, but still, I don't know how much uh, MVP candidate from last year, Ryan Tapera, by the way. Um, <laughs> right. I don't know how much that uh, that's going to help his case. So, well, we talked about the the terrible Cubs for way too long. So, David, there, uh, if you're listening to this episode, <laughs> be happy because you complain we didn't talk about the Cubs enough. So, there's there's your episode. But uh, you know, let's jump over to the NL West. Really, this one was a uh, the talk about this division, you know, San Francisco has been really good at 10 and six. They're seven and three over their last 10, right up there, three games behind the Dodgers. Um, but the real series this week was the Dodgers and Padres big three game series they had in a, in San Diego. Um, Gavin Lux from the Dodgers went on the IL during that series with right wrist soreness. Uh, sounds like it should be pretty short. He should be back as soon as the, uh, as the IL stint is, is ready to be up. But overall, I mean, this was such a fun series. It was, I think, I mean, it was absolutely insane. I think it was something like over the 30 innings that were played this weekend, they were separated by two runs or less in every inning but three. That that's just yeah. insane. And and starting pitchers this in this uh oh where's the dad? I saw the stat earlier. Something like overall they have like a 142 ERA between the three teams uh, between the starting pitchers this week. Yeah. Um, or no, 160 ERA over the weekend. So that was, it was absolutely insane. It was it felt like a playoff atmosphere all the way around. Um, the first game on Friday night went 12 innings and it was literally like, you're going to do an air, then we're going to make an air and then we are going to make a game saving play and we're going to make a game saving play. Okay. We're going to hit a homer. You're going to hit a homer. Like, it was just whatever one team did, the other team just absolutely matched it, whether it be good or bad. And it was just a, a full playoff atmosphere. I mean, we were sitting up. I mean, it was a game went until like 1215 my time and I'm on the West Coast and we sat up watching that game the entire time talking to each other. Yeah, and that's one of the things where I, you know, I, I watch a lot of baseball, but a lot of times, you know, staying up till two in the morning where I am. Uh, to watch it at the end of a game isn't something that I'm, you know, typically doing, but, um, but that was, uh, <laughs> that was, that was a really fun game. Uh, it, it really was. And, um, you know, I hate that extra innings rule. Obviously it ended up not mattering at the end of the day, but there was a lot of intense moments in that game. And, uh, you know, they had, they had a great series. I mean, all three games were really entertaining and, um, 
you know, close games. I, I, I thought it was a, I thought it was fun. You had the, the on Friday, you had the, obviously the extra innings game, and that ended up being the big, widest margin of victory of any game in the series. Saturday, the uh, the the Padres were lined a ball to right field with the, would have been the tying run. Actually, I don't know if it's tying and winning runs were owned, or if it was just the tying run was owned. But uh, Mookie Betts made a crazy diving catch to finish it off, and then on Sunday the the Padres came back and won a one run game. So uh, that was a very entertaining series. Both teams played well. Um, I am worried about the Padres because Fernando Tatis Jr. has not looked healthy. He doesn't look like himself. Um, he, you know, on the season right now he's hitting 118 with a 231 on base. And a 294 slugging. He does have an extremely low BABIP, which is definitely contributing to that. But I don't think he's hitting the ball quite as hard. He did hit a home run on, in that Friday night game, but he just doesn't quite look like himself. And I'm, I'm hoping it's not because of injury. So well, uh, yeah, you're talking about the Tatis right there, and and he did hit that one home run. But otherwise, in this series, yeah, he, he was 0 for 12, six yeah. strikeouts, a walk, and two fielding errors. Yeah, so that's something to and look at. And one of the errors was really bad too. It was yeah. And yeah. he's he's played in six games, and he already has seven errors so far. And there should have been an eighth had Eric Hosmer not made like an absolute, like amazing pick at yeah. first base. It was so, it was one of the best picks I've seen that so, he made. Yeah, and, and there was there was talk in spring training about his shoulder bothering him then, and you know he obviously had the, that awkward swing where his shoulder really gave out on him, and then he came back after a pretty short IL. In fact, I think a minimum stay on the IL. Yeah. I think, I think he really, I think he really needs to rest some and get that shoulder healthy. They got guys who can handle shortstop for a while. That division's weak other than the Dodgers and Padres. So they can, you know, they'll be able to beat up on the rest of that division and, and hold it together. They got a good pitching staff. They really need Tatis to rest for a little while and get healthy. I feel like, I mean, he just doesn't look like himself right now. So. Yeah, and I think out of that, the most fun at bat out of that entire series came Friday night, and that's when you had Jake Cronenworth pitching, you had David Price at the plate, and Joe Musgrove out in left field. So two pitchers, one fielding, one hitting, and then a hitter on the mound pitching, and David Price made a sack fly to left field for an RBI. Like that—that that was one of the funniest at bats, and I think. Yeah. I don't know hey, if one will top it this off there or this season so far. I, I tell you what though, uh, Jake Cronenworth can pitch, man. I saw he struck oh, out Mookie man. Betts on a nasty, looked like a sinker. Oh, it that. was nasty. Eighty six at the bottom yeah, of the zone. I mean, it was, like, that, that was that was a pitch, man. Oh man, that was. I mean that that was yeah, disgusting. Mookie, Mookie Betts doesn't swing and miss at fastballs very often no. at all. I mean that. That, oh, that was nasty. So yeah, interesting. But that was well, that was a fun series that we you know we get to talk about now. But also kind of looking forward to it. They have a four game series in LA this weekend. So Thursday through Sunday, we get four more games of that. Um, so it's going to be absolutely insane. I can't wait to see what the LA crowd is like. The San Diego crowd was ruckus and everything. I couldn't imagine what the LA crowd's going to be like. It's it's going to be a fun series to watch. Yeah, but. I was shocked at how good the crowd was in San Diego because they were low, short on numbers, and I was listening to them. They sounded loud on TV, and I thought that was really cool. So, it, And, you know, I don't really usually like as much, but the Padres did something, you know, kind of strategic, and they actually sold only a certain number of tickets to Dodger fans for the weekend. Yeah. So they only they only were like I think they had like fifteen or sixteen thousand. They were only like we're only going to allow a thousand Dodger fans to buy tickets for this weekend, like per game. So, it you know, good, 
good for your team. Give your team as much of an advantage. It's just kind of weird. I was one little nugget that I thought was pretty interesting that, that you can actually like stop who you want to buy tickets and not, uh, you know, yeah. based on the team they root for. But anyways, we'll, uh, we'll get to talk about four games of that this weekend from LA. Yeah, so it'll be, it'll be, be pretty, fun. So. Pretty fun. I think Sunday night baseball is going to be there this week too. So at least one of them will be nationally televised. And I'd assume that MLB network picks up at least one of the other ones. So, and you would assume Fox probably has one on a Saturday too. Possibly, so. yeah, possibly. But uh, you know, let's jump over to the player of the weeks now. Kind of wrap up our show with that. Um, for my for my hitter of the week, we'll just kind of go right off that Dodgers Padres series. I have Justin Turner. Um, overall, the week in in twenty seven plate appearances, he has a four fifty five batting average, a five fifty six on base, nine fifty five slugging, three homers, seven runs, seven RBIs. Um, you know, we talk about WRC plus with a hundred being league average. He was two ninety three this week as a WRC plus, so it's pretty good. Yeah, that is really really solid. Uh, my hitter of the week is going to be Jazz Chisholm from Miami. He's been really good this year. In fact, he has a uh, 188 WRC plus on the season, uh, which is insane. And uh, but this week, uh, you know, he he was the second most valuable player in baseball this week by the by WAR, uh, 0.6 WAR. Um, he put up um, 471 average, 571 on base, 882 slugging, a 284 WRC plus, and hit a couple homers. Um, you know, like I said with him earlier, strikeouts are going to be the real big thing for him. Uh, and his strikeouts were, you know, they weren't, they were high, but they were manageable in the 23.8% K rate. You know, it's not great, but it's manageable if you hit for, if you hit the ball hard and, uh, his, he walks a lot. Guy plays shortstop and second base. He's an up the middle defender. He's fast. He's good base runner. I really like this jazz Chisholm kid rookie for the Marlins. And, uh, you know, he might be their centerpiece offensively going forward. Yeah, he was a big part of that that Zach Gallon deal. Um, I oh, love yeah. Jazz. Guy, yeah. I love Jazz Chisholm. He's on my fantasy team. Um, when he hit that homer a couple weeks ago off Jacob Degrom, like I think it was like a one hundred one fastball, and, and Jazz Chisholm hit it out to like dead center field at Marlins Park for a homer. That was that was really fun. Like it just opened my eyes to how good he can actually be. For sure. So. But uh, my pitcher of the week I got is is Marcus Stroman. You know, overall in the week he went 14 innings, seven hits, one earned run, one walk, eight Ks. Um, what really opened my eyes to Stroman is that he threw eight shutout innings in Colorado, which is really hard to do. I mean, it's really hard to throw any scoreless innings in Colorado, let alone eight of them and strike out five. Although Colorado's offense isn't the best, but really good week for Marcus Stroman. He looks to be back to that Toronto Blue Jays type form, Marcus Stroman. Yeah, that's that's good. Um, you know, he's a guy who getting the ball on the ground a lot that helps a lot in cores um, with his power sinker. But uh, guy, I looked at. Uh, I mean, Carlos Rodon. I mean, how, what more can you say? Through a through a no hitter, it should have been a perfect game. Um, you know that that was that was insane. He's looked so good this year. He's throwing harder than he ever has. He's, he's he he. I think he worked on his arm slot some. Uh, you know, when he was coming back from injury, and uh, he looks healthy. He's throwing hard. Good slider. Good. Obviously, his fastball's played up more this year than it ever has. Um, but you know, obviously, a, a no hitter in the and and having that one blemish and being so late in the in the ninth inning and you know being that hit by pitch on a pitch that honestly that that is still a good pitch. I mean, it would have been very easy for that to be swung at. It was in the zone for a long time, but it was just had so much break on it. It got back to the back foot of Perez and unfortunately hit him and 
cost them a perfect game. But uh, what a fun, what a fun way for for Carlos Rodon to have a season start. He he had his uh, you know, he's got that was non-tendered. We talked so much in the off season, early in the off season, about there's going to be some really good players non-tendered this year because of the because of the COVID situation and teams not knowing about their money going into the coming up year and the White Sox were very wise to bring him back and uh, he's just looked amazing for them and uh, you know they've needed it so yeah he looks really really confident that that's what it really is is I think he finally got those arm issues behind him and then you know one thing when he was non-tendered the White Sox always said that they were going to stay interested but when they went to one of his other side throwing sessions, they he really opened their eyes back to like yeah. the type of pitcher that they yeah. could have envisioned when they drafted him. So yeah. it's really good and, to see him to see him be you know be successful right now. Yeah, and you got to remember, Carlos Rodon's a guy who was a top prospect and and was really hyped up when he came up to the big leagues. And uh, the White Sox have had some 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 luck with guys who they they brought up and struggled early and then turned around i mean just look no further than lucas giolito i mean he's a guy who really struggled for two years in the big leagues and looked completely lost and they had luck when you know helping them out with some adjustments and getting him where he is now so um you know carlos rodon you know he's obviously been in the big leagues longer had a little bit more success than giolito did in his first couple years but uh, you know, maybe look at maybe look at Carlos Rodon as being a guy who ends up being the same the same type of the same way, and that that's great because I mean I'm I'm pulling for the guy. He's had so many injuries, and you just love to see love to see somebody make a make a comeback like he has. So. Absolutely, I think he's gone like two Tommy John surgeries and something. So yeah, always root for those guys. But I think that's gonna wrap up today's show. You got anything else? Um, I, I did want to mention one other thing uh, around the around baseball that's being talked about. Some actually two things. The, the first thing is that I know that one of the independent leagues that's affiliated with Major League Baseball has been talking about some rule changes this year, and they're actually moving the mound back. I think a foot, um, which I really don't like. I, I think the best way to, to keep baseball the way is to keep baseball the way it is because over time. You know, a lot of these pitchers are going to adjust. A lot of these hitters are going to adjust, and it's going to go back and forth. I mean, guys, pitchers are throwing velocity now, and, you know, at, at some point hitters are going to shorten their swings up a little bit and put the ball in play more, and then that velocity is going to get hit a lot. And then guys are going to start trying to locate and throw with a lot of movement again on corners and because that seems to be better against guys who make a lot of contact. So I think that's one of the things that you're going to see. Uh, you guys are going to make adjustments. Things are going to go through waves. We've had waves where, like in the 60s or 70s, the, the pitching was just so unbelievably over uh, overpowering. And then we had waves like in the 90s where the batters were just mashing the baseball in the, in the early 2000s, you know, the steroid era. Um, things go back and forth, and I think that it's important for baseball to stay with the dimension that it's been playing played for for, you know, 120 years i mean i think people like the game for what it is and let people just let the guys go out there and play it i mean we don't need to stop with all these rule changes stop with the moving the shifts or eliminating shifts if guys can't hit the ball to both sides of the field then who cares where the defense is playing i mean you know if they can't hit the ball to both sides of the field that's their problem the defense they don't need to manufacture ways for that to be a allowed i mean I, i think that's something that you know, I think it's. It, I think it leads to more skill sets. It leads to more excitement in the game, to to have things the way they are, and, and people develop differently, change their approach, and that kind of thing. So, um, you know, hopefully, um, 
hopefully uh, those change. And then one other thing too is that I'm really excited that MLB The Show has come out and not only on PlayStation this year, but on Xbox. Back when back when I became a baseball fan, it was really from playing the, the baseball video games when I was a kid. Uh, I played on Xbox when I was a kid. I played, you know, like 2K uh, when it was still going on. And uh, that's really when I started to really get into baseball. Obviously, I played a little bit of minor or, uh, of uh, Little League Baseball when I was a kid and all that kind of thing. But, um, you know, I really started getting big into it when I was, you know, from playing the video games and kind of getting into like all the players and stuff that way. And uh, that's something that I hope that a lot of these, a lot of kids that have Xboxes right now are finally able to play a, a, a baseball game again. And there's a lot of hype behind it. And, you know, hopefully that leads to growing the game some with the younger generation. So, well, not just that it's on Xbox, but they put it on Xbox Game Pass immediately, yeah. which. Um, for people that don't know, Xbox Game Pass is pretty much what you have. You, every person pretty much has some version of Xbox Game Pass. So what they said is they expected, you know, you get about six to seven million per regular console about the people you will play. But they said adding it to Game Pass could open up to 18 million people on top of the six to seven that it would get from normal sales. So that could potentially, you know, be close to 30,000 new baseball fans coming in. Um, so that's, you're not new fans, but kids playing the game or, or, or content creators getting the game out onto YouTube, which YouTube's becoming such a big thing now. So yeah. it's, it's really good and it could really help grow the game. Now, if only we could get the MLB to yeah. end their blackout restrictions, that would yeah. help the game. It was, I, I was trying to watch one of the Dodgers Padres games this weekend on my phone. I was completely out of the Dodgers region. I was up in the Giants and Oakland A's region, and I couldn't get the Dodgers Padres games because I was told I was blacked out from them in a complete different region where I could get it nowhere on TV. Yeah, and that that's that really needs to be looked at, especially hopefully with the new CBA and stuff. I don't know about MLB's media rights deal. I don't know when that's up, but they've got to look at that kind of stuff and. Uh... But yeah, I mean, I, I think it's I think it's so important for, for baseball to get to that younger generation. Uh, I think that's a little bit of what Damien and I are looking for in doing this podcast is that you know kind of teach and you know just look at the game from a from a younger person's perspective. And I think that a lot of times, uh, I mean, think about where it, just in general where where soccer in the U.S. would be without FIFA being such a popular video game. And think about that. Think about what maybe that. MLB The Show, which is honestly one of the better video games for sports. I play a lot of sports video games. I played Madden a lot. I played 2K a lot. Um, I, there's none better than The Show, and I think that's something that is really, really important to to look at. And the fact that there hadn't been a show, an MLB game on one of the consoles for so many years has really hurt. I, I feel like it, it hurts that younger generation. Um, so I think that's a, I think that's actually a much bigger deal than people will let it out to be. So absolutely, it is again, like you said, it can open up the eyes to a younger generation and a lot more fans to come in and, and enjoy the game. So hopefully, some of those eighteen million people find uh, find this podcast so we can yeah. we can keep growing because that'll be pretty awesome. But oh yeah, for sure. But I think that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Um, you know, really good week in baseball. Really good, a uh, really good conversation we had here. Yeah. Kind of rambled on a little bit, but. I think we, we made some really important points this week, um, you know, about about the generations and, and 
trying to get to that younger generation of fans and just overall the, the the game needs to be spread more um the game of baseball it's lost its luster to fans because it's not able to grow to that younger generation really so i, I think that's an important point for us to to kind of hit home here and, and kind of end the show off on to to allow you guys to kind of think about that as well uh, about you know how how the game can grow and what we can do to try and help ourselves be better to help it grow to that younger generation. Yeah, and, and one other thing, and I know we've been talking about this for a while, but one other thing too is that a lot of people talk a lot, really, especially baseball fans, talk negative about the direction the game is going right now to, to a really large extent. And I think it's important to voice your concerns when the, you know, the, the league tries to do something that, feel like it's really going to hurt baseball stuff like like expanded playoffs or stuff like uh you know like i talked about earlier moving the mound back or the extra innings rules or the shift rules or whatever but i think it's important to remember that we're all big baseball fans we love watching the game and to kind of express how much we enjoy the game to to people because I think a lot of people hear a lot of this negative stuff all the time, but they don't really hear people saying how much they love baseball and how they miss it when it's gone. And how, you know, I think that's a, another important thing to, to kind of, for everybody listening or for, for uh, the two of us uh, to kind of hit on is just, you know, go out there and talk about how much you love the game and spread it around. Cause I think, you know, a lot of people don't really hear that that much anymore. So. Absolutely. You make very good points there. But, uh, you know, thank you guys for tuning in this episode. I know the end of it kind of dragged on here, but yeah. really, really some stuff we wanted to get off our chest there. So thank you guys for tuning in to the Batflip podcast, and we'll catch you guys next week. Thanks, everybody.